Ladies and gentlemen, presenting the United States Marine Corps Color Guard INI staff from Phoenix, Arizona. And to honor America, here is Lillian Garcia to sing our national anthem. Oh, say can you see by the dawn's early light what so proudly we hailed at the twilight's last gleaming whose broad stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight oh the ramparts we watched were so gallantly streaming and the rocket's red glare Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 30 of the Ruthless Aggression Era podcast. The only place where we decipher and dictate the era that rose out of the ashes of attitude and delivered us possibly the biggest power play in the history of power plays and backstage politics in the whole of fucking wrestling. Including the chamber. <laughs> As it is time for the biggest party of the summer, it is time for SummerSlam 2003. As always, I'm your host, Dave Burnham. Joining me is the big sexy one himself, Michael Rag. Are you ready, son? Are you ready to party? It's SummerSlam. Can it's... it top 2002 or come close? Mate, mm. let's get to the point straight away. Right, I've whinged and moaned as much as I love and kiss ass and but this SummerSlam is something else. It was something, as far as SummerSlam, I've always seen a SummerSlam, as a lot of people do, is the big four, do you know what I mean? It is, it's SummerSlam. It's the but, second biggest one they've yeah, got. But, this one really was bad. It was star power. It severely lacked star power. I think mean, that was the problem. Like, if you look at 2002, like this is the second pay-per-view we've done where we've already looked at one. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Where uh, Vengeance 2002 compared to the Vengeance we looked at uh, last time was vastly different because of the different uh, amount of wrestlers that aren't with us anymore. 
for various reasons, but like, look at 2002, there's, from there, there's no Hogan, no Rock anymore, and they were two big yeah. power play guys they were pushing. Edge's out injured, Booker's out injured. Exactly, the, and this SummerSlam alone, there's no uh, Matt Hardy, because he's on the pre-show, kind of, technically. Um, Ray. There's no Ray, you've got no Christian, even though he appears backstage. Uh, Ric Flair's a manager, where Ric Flair was wrestling last time. During, like, like you said, Ray, he's on the pre-show. Um, even like raw fodder, like Lance Storm and Goldust, there's no one like that involved. There's no John Cena, no World's Greatest Tag Team. Sunday Night Pre-Show, two matches, kind of. Sort of. Rey Mysterio defeats Shannon Moore. Finally, that Cruiserweight title is doing something. But it's on the pre-show. It's like 2018. Now, the matches that were supposed to be, Matt Hardy versus... Everyone's favourite handicap hero, Zach Allen. For some reason, obviously selling all the injuries to Brock from the brothers and delivered to him. It doesn't happen, but he still is the winner, gets his hand raised. Uh yeah, Matt Hardy should be on the he can't why not? I, granted Why not put Matt in the US way, title? Yeah, but that's what I was just gonna say. Like, make it a six pack challenge. Exactly, right? make it something like this. These guys you could throw in there. Where's Billy Gunn and Jamie Noble? The SmackDown tag titles aren't on the line, are they? Yeah. It's you not could have had a triple threat tag just, title match. It doesn't make any sense. And you could still have had uh, Ebony and Ivory go over. Yeah, it just, none of it makes any sense. Bear witness and grieve the end of civility. Because tonight, wars will be waged on the most brutal of battlegrounds. Inside a structure that confirms there is pure evil in this world. Inside minds to which the unthinkable springs to life. And inside the squared circle before your eyes. Ask not for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. For the men whose virtues have taken a back seat to greed. For the men whose lack of morality sinks endlessly into the abyss. For the men who put their own bodies inside a device fashioned by sadists, built by rogues, and designed by the devil himself. So, bow your heads and prepare to mourn. The loss of honor, the loss of sanity, and the death of humanity. And make no mistake, war will never decide who is right. Only who is left. And now, Raw and SmackDown present SummerSlam. It's the 24th of August 2003. We're live from the America West Arena in Phoenix, Arizona. The theme, Send Anger by Metallica. Send Anger, is that, yeah? Mike, you're, uh, the, uh, you're the rocker of us. Not really the best song or album by Metallica. I, I can't There's say I'm familiar with this Any Metallica album. fan will tell you. As Metallica themselves will tell you. Uh, the event sponsored by Stacker 2's YJ Stinger. 
the energy drink that Triple H used to flog. Did you see the advert with Triple H? It was uh, so with cheesy. all the models and that. Oh, it's awful. Um, the attendance, we'll get to that a bit later. Uh, yeah. I, don't I know. several different numbers. <laughs> Buy rates. Uh, let's get up to speed. Bad Blood uh, was 385 uh, due to the Foley effect. Uh, so, uh, Vengeance, 365. No Foley was there. SummerSlam, 100,000 more. 465,000 buy rate. So a lot more people have chewed in, but again, it is SummerSlam and you're expecting to stick. Granted, the card isn't great. There's only what? There's, there's not that many matches in total because the uh, even though the Elimination Chamber is rushed and we'll get to that a bit later, uh, it takes up so much time. The entrances alone take up probably half the amount of time the Chamber went on for. Yeah, easily, especially Nash's. And it's also Vince McMahon's birthday. So Kurt Angle gives him a little present a bit later. But um, have you seen what happens at the end of the show? I have. Austin gives him a present. Yes. Uh, I suppose on Vince, though, he's like, it's my birthday. Get, bring it. Do you know what I mean? Because you know he loves it. He's, he's always he wanted the... to be a wrestler, Annie Vince. Simple as. And he was given the perfect opportunity to be a wrestler by buying the company off his dad. Well, mm. I can book myself to do whatever I want. He books himself as world champion. Uh, yeah, he books himself as ECW champion. Only for a day and that. The ECW one is extreme. But I think that's just Vince showing, look, I, I'm going to show you your bastards. I own you. Yeah. So the runtime, as always, uh, I watch the DVD version, Mike watches the network version. Uh, I had 2.47 on the network. 2.43. Oh, four more minutes. I wonder what I get that you've done. It's got to be something. Saint Anger. <laughs> Uh, we open up with Lillian absolutely nailing the national anthem. Uh, those youngs, though, you've got It'd be to love... Maybe sang St. Anger. <laughs> Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, but the patronism, I always love the patron. Like, the one thing I love about all Americans is they absolutely love being American. Mm. The fact that they are American matters more than anything to them. And I love it. But it would make him a chuckle, though, because uh, old Kevin Dunn in the back kept his camera cuts. And he kept going to the wrong people. Did you notice when he got to that group of kids? It was full of like maybe expecting them to be stood there with the hand on the hearts. Oh no, the minute that they saw themselves on the big screen, they were going wild. What? I'm on TV, anything, I'm on TV. Anything could have been happening in that ring at that time. And they were more bothered about that they were on TV. God bless America. Um, we see the start of the, with the promo, we see the start of the Brock advert. With people on the beach. Do you know the Brock advert yep, with him doing the F5 shark. shark? But then it cuts to a guy. Was he a pirate or was he Irish? I couldn't quite get with the voiceover guy with the promo. It was... It, I just... Yeah. I think, I'd guess more pirate. I know, it was like, tonight, things are going to go down. It's like, I'm not great with accents, obviously. But uh, uh, yeah, it was weird. But it was a brilliant promo. If somebody else would have narrated it, if an American guy, mm. some deep, dark, moody American guy like they use, not this Irish pirate that they picked up from somewhere. I didn't understand that whatsoever. JR notes that there is... 16,113 selling out the America West Arena. The fuck's up with Jerry's shirt. It's, um... I, I can't quite describe it's it. It's not a closet full of it's shit It's fucking shirts. terrible, isn't it? It wants to be French. Oh, uh, it must be. shirts. Do you remember some of the rock shirts from like back in oh. the day? Oh, some of them were atrocious. That's where Jerry's got inspiration from. Because Jerry had to spend years sat in his wrestling gear and never wrestling. So he used to always come out in his tights and everything. Yeah. And he'd never wrestle, never wrestle for years. That sound effect on the graphic 
Everybody gets it from the announcers to the wrestlers to oh Jason. William Garcia. Does my head in. It is a red hot night in Phoenix. Oh, without a doubt, JR. I can't wait. I uh, we cut to uh, fucking Carlos and Hugo at the Spanish announce table wearing the most identical fucking jackets and instantly my brain just went hang in your hund and ear macarina and hang in your hund and ear cassavina hang in your hund and ear macarina Hey macarina like, I swear they look so cool they are the macarina guys I don't want to hear JR and King commentate let's show me Hugo and fucking Carlos they're so good. They look, they look, oh, just, they look cuddly. I want to keep cheeky. cuddly. Just give them a load of girls to I'll tell you, just, the, they just bring up fucking old Granny Fanny and that. We'll be well away. Our first match of the night it is the Dudleys versus the Bellends. <laughs> that noise is so already. It was doing my head in. Uh, it's tag title time. I love how they're still using the graphic uh, from the tag titles that they stopped using. About a year ago now, maybe. Three years ago. <laughs> yeah. um, obviously, the build-up to this has been like it has been for the past however many months. America versus non-America. It's America versus non-America, but this has got the added element of the ex-servicemen, who we all know as Rob Conway, but the commentators don't, uh, who look like he was going to be siding with the Dudleys uh, and then instantly turned on, uh, well, sided with Larry Assistance to hit the Dudleys with the flag. And obviously, the La Resistance is now a triple threat. We get no Rob Conway, so we guess we'll see him a little bit later on then, I imagine. If because there's no way that he's not going to get involved in this. Obviously. It's not like he's going to appear at Raw and then not appear at the pay-per-view. Uh, did you see the random Swedish flag on the hourway? No. That, so, oh, did you, I can't believe you didn't know it. There's someone that holds it up the entire show. Every time they cut to the hourway, he's, there's a guy in front of him with a sign as well. And these two, they must be with each other because they're constantly overlapping each other. His arms must be killing. I did notice, though, that uh, Sylvan's knee pads still not going around. <laughs> Do you reckon really annoys me. Noise? 
He's got to be some sort of insider joke or something. Or maybe just he knew that one day in the future that some guys were going to record a podcast and talk about it. And he's like, I'll fucking, I'll wind you up, you little cunt. <laughs> uh, the Dudleys, they introduced as being from New York City. Is Dudleyville out of service in the summer somehow? <laughs> I don't understand. They, just, they, they moved on in life now. Has Dudleyville been left behind? It's part of New York, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> like, part, like parts of Nan. So the match itself then, uh, Devon starts, he hammers on Dupree in the corner, uh, chokes him with his own coat. Devon should have been DQ'd straight away. Mm -hmm. Straight away. Uh, a clothesline arm drag and Devon takes control and takes Sylvan into the Bellens corner. Yeah. What? I don't understand. You, you were in the middle of the ring. You were in the middle of the ring. You're a 16 time former champion. Yeah. You should know. <laughs> uh, Bubba comes in and slugs away. Uh, them shots by Bubba. They sounded hard. They were oh, they were shoots. I they swear. sounded hard. And they were um, hazing. It was hazing them. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. It's like, you want to you hang in raw locker room? This is how it is. Um, Bubba then does the Tommy Dream and not stomp in the corner. So Bubba should have then been DQ'd. Two instances now where the Dudley should have lost. Uh, Bubba then takes control. Uh, that corner splash that it hits has got to hurt everybody involved. You've got both members of the Bellens in the corner and Bubba comes running in. And he's got full pelt and that is a big load of weight to be coming at that speed. Everyone involved has got to hurt there. Bellens go outside and a little part of me wanted Bubba to run the ropes and do a plancher. <laughs> I really, I just felt so... Come on Bubba! Or at least attempt it or something. Show a bit of character. Brilliant. Uh, back in, he slugs Dupree down, uh, but a cheap shot turns the tide and Dupree gets a backdrop suplex and elbow for two. Uh, they get a double shoulder block as JR notes that he's never seen quite this level of crowd participation at a SummerSlam opening match. Um, Did you not watch last year? Did you not watch 92? Yeah, maybe 80,000 fans in Wembley Stadium may disagree. Jerry notes uh, that there is 16,113 people in attendance. That's not what JR said. So people have already left. <laughs> people, this isn't SummerSlam, this is Raw. How can watch this on TV? Well, you're right, JR. The intensity here tonight is unbelievable. 16,113 fans here tonight. Completely sold out. And it's a hot crowd. Uh, Dupree, he grabs a bear hug, but Devon breaks it up. Uh, get a bubble bomb uh, onto uh, Grenier and a hot tag to Devon. Back drop, neck breaker, Grenier gets tossed away. Power slam onto Dupree gets two. Did you notice your uh, Nick Patrick, his arm, he's got Earl Hebner arms. Oh, that makes you, yeah, that you know he's going to kick out. Yeah. He swipes underneath. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, honestly, the first time I ever saw that, I cannot watch, I know I keep saying it, I cannot watch Earl Hebner referee no more. Because you just know, because he, he, the third arm comes down the different way. He's just, unless he's called actually doing the one, uh, call for the three. It's, yeah. A lot of resistance, they get a chokeslam for a two count. Uh, the Dudleys regroup and what's up onto Grenier in a 3D onto Dupree. He gets a two as Grenier misses his cue and barely makes the save. Mm. Barely makes the save. Um, and then an evil photographer runs in, nails Devon with his camera. Dupree gets the pin to retain in around seven and a half minutes. And of course it's Rob Conway, even though JR and the King are baffled and puzzled as to who this mysterious photographer could be. Is that our cameraman? The 
Understand? It was obviously going to be the serviceman. It wasn't going to be Spike, were it? No, exactly. He's about seven foot two tall to be Spike. It gets me though how they call him the ex-serviceman. Yeah. He could actually be a photographer, and he was just cosplaying other servicemen. You know, because he wasn't because yeah. they all they keep referring to him as this pretending fake serviceman. But why keep referring to him as a serviceman? Very weird. Um, it's weird how we get these four on pay per view, but like world's greatest tag team on there. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's like fucking what um, but Spike versus Colby confirmed well there I is guess. that uh, the coach uh, he interviews the Dudleys uh, at ringside and we get angry Bubba he's not happy angry angry Bubba Did you get that on the network? There's nothing that's been missed so far? Not yet. Let's see all these four minutes. You're trying to get these four minutes. We go backstage to Karate Kid warming up. Um, and in comes Christian, who's not wrestling tonight for some ungodly reason. Booker T's injured, and Booker T's the only person who could have How Christian. big? I know, obviously, Christian winning the title in uh, a house show, which it doesn't come around that often, does it yeah. really? But obviously, Booker's injured, which is a shame, joining Edge on the uh, sidelines. Um, yeah, how big does that belt look on Christian's shoulder? I don't know if it's the camera angle or what, but that belt Christian's looks always fucking been a massive. Small guy. That's the thing. He's never been a big guy. Uh, Christian asks why he's not in the main event, and Bischoff blames Austin. Uh, and Christian, though, he offers help uh, for Bischoff in his match later with Shano. Bischoff declines. He said he'd already got a plan B. Mm -hmm. How you doing? Christian, Intercontinental Champion. Nice to meet you. I know who you are. Oh, you know who I am. Then tell me, how is it we come to uh, one of the biggest days of the year, SummerSlam, and me, Christian, your intercontinental champion, isn't headlining the show? Hell, I don't even have a match. I mean, come on, there's the listen, peeps listen, are riding in the streets. Listen, 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 listen. I wanted you on the card, but you know Steve Austin. He gets something in his head. He gets so stubborn you can't talk to him. Stone I cold, tried. Huh? Yeah. Stone cold. It was all his. You know fault. something? He's been so jealous of me and my connection with the peeps. I should have known he had something to do with this. I should have known. Exactly. Now, if you don't mind, I gotta get back to work. I really have a big match coming up. Eric. Eric. Your, your match with Shane? Yeah. 
Well, since I'm not doing anything tonight anyway, do you think you might maybe need some help, some assistance, something? <laughs> Trust me, Christian. I've got a backup plan already in position. Now, please. Gotcha. I really do need to right. get back to work. I'm sure you understand. Eric, Eric, excuse me. Just, just one more thing. I, I got to know. Listen. Last week, you and Linda McMahon in the bedroom. <laughs> got to know what happened, man. What happened? Did you close the deal? What's... Christian, you're so young. A gentleman never kisses and tells. But in your case, I'm going to make an exception. In fact, Hell, I'm going to tell the whole world. Just a little while, I'm going to walk out to the ring and I'm going to tell everybody just what happened. Hang in there. One more thing, though, Christian, before he, uh, he leaves, you need to know, did he seal the deal with Linda McMahon? And Bischoff says before the night is out, he will let the whole world know what happened when the cameras cut off with him and Mrs. McMahon. And we cut to Colin Taz, though, they couldn't give a fuck. They're like, yeah, we're not bothered. We're not bothered what happened in the hotel room. Get on with SummerSlam. Up next, Harry Back Bastard versus the Backer in the match to defend the honour of the woman that Undertaker kidnapped in 99 and tried having an unholy wedding. She's forgiving because he's defending her honour against the man with more fucking hair than a Yeti. Linda McMahon injured, another McMahon injured as well, our own general manager, Stephanie McMahon, injured at the hands of the A-Train. Well, coming up next, retribution perhaps. It's The Undertaker versus the A-Train coming up at SummerSlam. But I'll tell you, Taz, A-Train has sort of become Mr. McMahon's, well, hired gun as of late. It really started at Vengeance last month. Stephanie versus Sable, check out A-Train. Oh, yeah, A-Train running right over our general manager, Stephanie McMahon, injuring her putting her out for a while, and Sable got the dupe right there. Yeah, internal injuries, and A-Train admitting Mr. McMahon paid him to get involved in Stephanie's matchup. Ooh. Then A-Train started to target The Undertaker at the request of Mr. McMahon. This matchup versus John Cena, A-Train cost The Undertaker the match. So that big bicycle kick right there. A-Train, this heavy hitter, has been all over Big Evil's business. Check out this two-by-four shot right here. Bam! Right across those injured ribs of The Undertaker. Ribs that were injured by John Cena at Vengeance last month, but A-Train has put a hurting on those ribs as of late. Uh, Undertaker's back. A works, and B looks like a cream egg. I didn't like the colour. Is it all purple and yellow? Yeah. It's like old cabbage cream egg, cabbage caramac or something like that. So the match itself, uh, they fight over a lockup to start. A-Train grabs a headlock, misses an elbow and goes back to headlock. Taker comes back in with a Russian leg sweep for two. Uh, we're always weird seeing Undertaker pull off like a Russian leg sweep in this mm. character. It just It's not the sort of biker, aggressive street fighter character, is it? To pull off a, a, a Bret Hart move. One of Bret Hart's five moves of doom with the old Russian leg sweep. Uh, Undertaker, he gets a DDT for two. Yeah, that's what I don't get. Because he ran off the ropes. A-Train braced himself for a back body drop. Yeah. <laughs> You know, Taker always does a DDT. <laughs> it's like with Goldust in modern era. Don't bend over in front of him because you know he's going to drop down and do with the little uppercut when he's laid on the floor. Undertaker, it's old school, and then he charges but ends up on the floor. Uh, A-Train drives him into the ring post to get a two. A-Train then stomps away on the ribs and chokes Taker. Uh, Train then gets a suplex for two and slugs out, but Taker elbows back. Very look, punch and kick. This is very much where you expected it to be. It was... Mm. It lasts A too long and B, it's all the repetitive. Oh, granted, they go outside a little bit, but it literally is. I'll, I'll kick you, then we'll do two minutes of punching and then we'll come back to five minutes of kicking. 
Uh, it's like it should have been over in a matter of minutes. Yeah, it shouldn't have been allowed to go length of time it had. Uh, Undertaker hits a sleeper, uh, but gets suplexed. Undertaker pulling a sleeper out now. Uh, take those slugs away again and barely get snake eyes, but then they clothesline each other and both guys are out. Uh, Undertaker gets the big boot and then he gets the leg drop for a two count. Undertaker then guillotines uh, A-Train on the apron and they get a pair of clotheslines, but the ref gets bumped. Why on earth is this match having a ref bump? Big show coming out. <laughs> I don't know. The derailer, though, it only gets a two count and then the ref is bumped again with probably the bump of the show. What a fucking... Rikishi Shawn Michaels clothesline-esque. He does a full 360. Fair fucking play to your referee. This allows A-Train uh, to hit the bicycle kick and then uh, go outside and get a tr uh, steel chair. Uh, A-Train back in, but take kicks it back in his face to only get a two count. The tombstone is escaped, but then the chokeslam wins the match, which is a bit fucking weird. Uh, Undertaker gets the win in 9 minutes, 19, 20 seconds or so. Too uh, long. 9 minutes too long. That chair with that big boot right in his face. A lot of toughness by A-Train there. But Undertaker's stalking the big man. A-Train lifted up on the shoulder. Oh, man, maybe a tombstone. A-Train reverse. Yes. Missed with the clothesline. Look out, Guzzo! What goes up, Cole? Let's come down. The ring shaking with the explosion. There's two. perhaps well that's a distraction for you oh my god look at Sable well the winner is the winner so I guess oh my oh my god you see the eyes of the Undertaker Sable is gives the Afterwards, Sable hits the ring and hits on The Undertaker. She must like sweaty biker men. But she, like she likes big sweaty men. Goozle! Take her! Smash the bitch! No! I'm all grown up now! Stephanie comes out the bosses here looking quite uh, swelled, let's say. Go, go, go! As we have a little bit of a cat fight until A-Train makes the save. 
And then Stephanie applauds The Undertaker. As I said, she forgives him for all the trauma that he tried to cause, nicking her teddy bear when she was young in 99. As the second match on the card, is this a fucking SummerSlam or what? Um, but yeah, overall, as a match, thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> Undertaker's worse, I think. It wasn't great. It wasn't great. It was It was a, probably a worse showing than when he went two-on-one with A-Train and Big Show and Mania. Yeah. It wasn't great. The fact that Big Show made it better. Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking insane. Yeah, speaking of Big Show. He's not Where's a... Big Show? It's another fucking hell, yeah. Where's Big Show? From main event on Vengeance to no show. <laughs> to no show. Well, it's the no show. <laughs> And that's why in this fucking No Mercy video game, innit? She was the no show. Oh no, it was the fat show, weren't it? That's right, yeah. Did you get the promo for the Brock Lesnar DVD? No. Oh! That's when four minutes is. Oh well, it happens twice. So we get this, um, the, the font has like got like pff, action shots and, and stuff of the new Brock Lesnar DVD. Um, it's Here Comes the Pain, which includes two hours of DVD extras. Nice. He defined a dangerous new breed of sports entertainer and became the youngest champion in WWE history. He's a monster. People need to watch out for him. He's almost not human. WWE Home Video presents Brock Lesnar. Here comes the pain. Witness the rise to dominance of one of the most destructive forces to ever set foot in a ring, including two hours of DVD extras. Brock Lesnar. Here comes the pain. Available now. Uh, so we get that promo. Just remember the promo of the font and stuff and it's in your face. In a bit, they use the exact same one. Do you get the HBK one and then no? That's where my four minutes are. It's the exact same promo, but they use the words to describe Shawn Michaels instead of using the words they originally described. I'll show it you. After we've finished, I'll show it you. Uh, we see Jericho warming up uh, while coaches at ringside interviewing the Minions. Um... I don't they? understand these little coach. They, they've tried it all throughout. They've tried it for years. They still try it every now and again where they'll have at the end of a match a backstage interview or... Well, not a backstage, sorry. An in-ring interview or ringside interview or you'll have somebody interviewing some fucking nobodies at ringside. They weren't nobodies. They were fucking nobodies. I don't well, understand. I know, so say who the fuck was coach interviewing. I don't understand. They, were, they didn't even say if they were prize winners or anything like that. They were just literally fucking nobodies. Chris Jericho, one of six superstars preparing for the ever-dangerous Elimination Chamber match here tonight. It's a career-changing match. There's so much speculation on who will walk out the World Heavyweight Champion here tonight. Leah Gary, who do you think is going to leave here the World Heavyweight Champion? Oh, no doubt about it, Goldberg. Goldberg for you? The man. Goldberg. Goldberg, obviously, for you. A lot of speculation. It's a raw main event tonight, the Elimination Chamber match. So dangerous right now. Let's send it back to our announcers. So up next it is the battle that we had on Robert Kane. Fucking luckily, I'd say luckily interrupted it. But it made Eric Bischoff as his winning streak. As it is, Eric Bischoff versus Shane McMahon to defend the honour of Linda McMahon. Where the fuck is Vince in all of this? Granted, he's fucking sable at the minute. But he came out to defend his wife's honour against Kane. But why has he not come out to defend his wife's honour when Bischoff forced himself on her? Because Shane's, Shane's doing it. <laughs> yeah, well, that's, that's basically what I've got in my notes. Well, yeah, Shane's taking care of business for him, but where's Vince? Where's Vince? There's no respect from a business perspective and total disdain 
and hatred from a personal perspective in this matchup. I just wanted to come out and state for the record that when I started with Kane, with that steel chair, tonight I'm going to finish it. This made it absolutely clear to me, not only are you not going to get Kane tonight, but I am to have you escorted by security from the building. I don't give a damn what my dad says, and I don't give a damn what you say. I'm not leaving this ring. Here comes Tone Cold Steve Austin. Since you can't face Kane, there ain't nothing stopping you from taking out your frustrations against Eric Bischoff. No holes barred match tonight. safe working environment. I'm gonna sue your ass, you bastard! Uh-oh! Things are going from bad to worse for Eric Bischoff! JR agrees that he won't sue Eric Bischoff. But that's if Eric Bischoff agrees to face, right here tonight on Raw, a certain individual. Bring Shane McMahon right here, center of the ring, I signed the contract, I'll do it. You didn't redefine print, did you? Eric, you signed a contract to compete tonight, face to face with Kane. What the hell is this? Well, he's obviously trying to take the easy way out. No! slam him to hell! Tongue slam him to hell! What did he, he put him down. What the hell is this? What? Here is your winner by a countout, Eric Bischoff. The part of the contract that you didn't read stated that the winner of the Bischoff-Kane match, you would get a one to SummerSlam to face Shane McMahon. Well, Linda, you look shocked to see me. I'm not here to hurt you. I'm here to please you, Linda. But I am going to hurt your son, Shane. Spoiled little rich bastard. You got WCW, the company that I built, handed to him on a silver platter. I'm gonna beat him to a bloody pulp. Oh, Linda, don't even try it. Don't fight it. You'll enjoy it so much more that way. What do you say? You show me the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, Bischoff comes out uh, and he addresses Vince. He says he doesn't understand why he's eating hamburgers when he's got filet mignon at home. 
uh, Granny Fanny or Linda, you'd be swayed to Granny Fanny yeah. or Linda, do you know what I mean? So he was probably getting Philly Mignon backstage in SmackDown and he's got tinned hamburgers at home. Spab. Cooked in gravy. Spab. <laughs> on, tinned spab. On stale bread. <laughs> Bischoff, he says, it's not a question of if, but how many times. And that prompts Shane to come out. Here comes the money. He comes out with that evil looking, he's staring straight through Bischoff. He's going to do those fucking punches from Shane O. Ugh. Those kicks from Shane O. They've never improved. <laughs> After all these years, they've never improved. Uh, they brought outside, as JR notes, that Bischoff's treatment of Linda was as distasteful as anything he's ever seen. Uh... I can think of look, Katie yeah. Uh just in our era, uh, Booker T, people like you. There's been so many things, so many things. Granny Fanny. Yeah, <laughs> just uh, in general. We need to stop. Like, disabled <laughs> butlers is going to kill us. <laughs> uh, Shane, he continues beating on Bishop outside uh, because Bishop is obviously mere black belt in karate, but Shane's a McMahon. So McMahon always wins. That's the higher Dan, isn't it? You go black belt, then you go McMahon. <laughs> uh, the biggest heel turn though since Bash the Beach 1996. Shock, fucking horror. As Coach Jonathan Coachman, everyone's least favorite announcer, suddenly becomes Coach Cunt, and he smashes Shano with the chair. This but is what I happens when you're not bullish for. Bucket, he he's finally snapped. Maybe like one day Michael Cole... Well, is that probably why he snapped when he went after Jerry? Because all the years of Triple H bullying him over the years. But Coach Cunt. Uh, yeah, Jonathan Coachman, now a bad guy. He'll obviously gonna... It looks like he's going to be siding with Bischoff. At, but why? I imagine he's a lackey. Bischoff's not had a lackey really as he since 3 minute 1, if you want to class them as lackeys. Yeah, but of all the people to be your lackey, your guy... Yeah. Coach. Uh, Bischoff then gets on the mic and says the match is now DQ on false count anywhere. And then he says to Coach, introduce this piece of shit to the steel stairs. <laughs> it's a fucking great line. But then Shane kicks out uh, of a pinfall attempt outside the ring. And Eric says he's not only a rich bastard, he's a tough rich bastard. Uh, they head into the ring and they cut off JR and King's fucking microphones. And Coach then proceeds to do running commentary as Eric Bischoff beats with Shane why Coach was always a shite commentator. Oh, it was terrible. But I must say, his JR impersonations were brilliant. Change down! Change down! Change down! It was really, it was funny. It was really funny. Shane all fights back with a DDT on Bischoff, but Coach Cunt goes low on him. Finally, though, Steve Austin comes out to sort everything out and fucking restore order. It takes him too long to It try does it. take him a long time. Uh, Coach brags, though, on how he can't hurt him with, uh, without being provoked. Uh, then Shane pushes him. Uh, which is a a brilliant spot, and then a, what another brilliant spot after? May I just add the kicks that Austin? We, we're talking about our bubble shots earlier. Were hard on the fucking burns. These kicks look stiff, and then Shane got involved with his little fucking feather kicks. Yeah, but Aust I don't think Austin. Oh my god, he wasn't letting go. Um, but then the probably the highlight, the second highlight apart from the ref bump of the night, um, is. Shane McMahon picks up Bischoff, takes him towards Austin, and then proceeds to use Bischoff to slap Austin. Yeah. And then he gives him a stunner. It was like, the segment went on for a bit too longer than it should. But it was showed, funny. But it was funny. It was funny. That was probably Once one of the Austin better Once Austin came moments. out, it was funny. That should have been the funny segment after two stormer of matches to kick off SummerSlam. Yeah. 
That was the best bit that it we've had so far. Should have Yes, yes, definitely. And then definitely. had a fatal 4-way tag title match. For yeah, no, 100%. 100%. And then you had this match. And then if you wanted the Raw tag title match. Yeah, no, definitely. But it just, it, it feels weird though that like, we're, we're only three matches in. And not had a good match. Really. But yeah, we, we've only got like, what, four matches to go? It's just, it, it's supposed to and be SummerSlam. Summer you think SummerSlam? You think too many matches, don't you? It's less than three hours. Yeah, you think too many matches. You think, I'm going to get bored. How are they going to fit 14 matches onto a three-hour pay-per-view? But yeah, it's it's not even... Maybe his plan is to hit Shane in the fist with his face as many times as he can until Shane gets tired. This off is going up and down more than an Otis elevator.
listen, I don't work for you. I work for Eric Bischoff. This is a case of mind over matter. I don't mind, and Stone Cold, you don't matter. And I don't appreciate you coming out here, and I'm sure Eric Bischoff doesn't appreciate you coming out here. And don't forget, you can't touch me unless I physically provoke you. And I'm not touching you. Turn the microphones back on for Jim Ross and Jerry Lawler. <laughs> All right. We're back. We're back. Now what that I got that piece of trash out of the ring, looks like you got some business to finish. So I'll see you later. Shane McMahon, what the hell has come over coach? And I don't know, but oh, uh oh, oh. Did you see that? That might be. I think this up just somehow. Shane McMahon spitting, spitting in the eye of beer. 
find it funny that Spanish now say we'll even make it three matches. I know, then poor Macarena's. They're going to have to sit there, rest it, rest the pay-per-view and look down. Probably their necks are going to kill. What do you do looks like if every time you see the announcers at work yeah. from a camera angle that's not directly on them, you see them hunched over looking down at their screens. Like very rarely you'll see them actually looking above the desks into the ring. So how are they going to cope? They're going to have to sit on the floor. <laughs> or old. Old, old cameras <laughs> on their laps. In one hand. Old monitor. Other hand, all the script. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we see old big blondie warming up uh, in what looks like a cage. Um, he's like, he's got to get in the zone. You know, lovely hours. Then he walks out of this cage. Uh, and then we go backstage to Randy and Rick. Uh, it's pushing you towards thinking that there's going to be a heel face turn. There's going to be a dissension. Uh, Orton, he's already got his eye on the world title. But Triple H comes in, he's like, uh, 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 I'm coming in with this, I'm coming out of it. There ain't no fucking what ifs. Uh, Next year, on. Yeah, in a bit. Else. Yeah, not, not quite, not quite now, Orton. It's real simple. Hunter walks down that aisle, he gets in the chamber as the world heavyweight champion. He walks out of that chamber, back down the aisle, into the dressing room as the world heavyweight champion. Rick, Rick, I, I understand that. You know, it's fine with me. I understand my job in the elimination chamber, but what if there there is no what if, Randy? What if no what if? Hunter, what's up, man? There is no what if, Randy. Get that? You have one thing to remember tonight. I walk in with this. I walk out with this. You got it? I got it. I got it, man. I got it. What? Wait till Brock Lesnar fucks off. Then you can beat the world champion. Yeah, when we need to beat records. He's always beat them records. And if somebody pisses you off and you hold a record, you won't hold it for very long if the person that you're pissing off is Vince McMahon. Well, speaking of records, congratulations to Kofi Kingston. I know, yeah. Beating Billy Gunn of all people. I didn't even know Billy Gunn had the record. <laughs> it's like, come on, son. But if you felt like, if you look at Billy Gunn, we've spoke about it with all these... Uh, like Bart Gunny held titles with yep. Road Dogg held titles with Chuck Chuck he's, he's, he's had his uh, he's had his fair share of tag partners I think Big Show at one bit you know before uh, Invasion I don't know if they held the titles maybe when they were the show the, the show guns weren't they yeah <laughs> when it was the one Billy Gun. I used to love the one Billy I got it all up next match of the night easily absolutely Fatal 4 way US title Tornado rules Tony Chimmel informs us and then informs us again as he's making the introductions of the, the competitors to come out. Uh, two separate storylines that kind of got pushed together to create a four-way, uh, but it's a potentially match of the night. They only really had a moment when they came to have it together was on SmackDown, when, um, as we spoke about, when Eddie attacked everybody with the belt. Yep. Apart from that, Eddie's got his issues with Tajiri, and Benoit's got his issues with Rhino. But also, you had the US title. That helps, it helps in the tournament, and everybody was involved that's in this match was in the tournament as well. No, not to Jerry. No, no, not to Jerry. Rhino were either. It was against Benoit. Oh, yeah. match. Rhino's best single match to date. Yeah. And the Lowrider. Remind me of the mystery machine from Scooby-Doo. <laughs> the colour. Yeah. Straight away. Um, we have a lovely shot of uh, the three waiting for Eddie to enter the ring. It was like really putting Eddie over as the, the, the most... The pop he yeah. got, though. Oh, my God. They're going to have to go with it. He's, he's not only having 
amazing matches, but it's also the crowd are on his side. They are on it. He's even he's still playing the heel, but they are so on his side. I think he got a bigger pop than Angle. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. And you know, all our timeline, Angle has probably been getting the biggest pops every week. A hundred percent, hundred percent. Michael Cole he mentions how Eddie um, put Tajiri through the low rider, and Taz he goes, "Yeah, that sucks when that happens." Like Taz is like world renowned for getting put through low riders. Uh, Taz though he gets pissed. After Michael Cole keeps repeating the rules of the match, did you pick up on it? it I'm like, getting yeah. pissed. It was like, he kept saying it's only one winner, one pinfall, and he's like, "Look, I know, we know." And then Taz is like, "Have you been in one of these matches?" He goes, "No." He goes, "Well, I have." He's like, "Shut the fuck up!" <laughs> it's so, so funny. I've always loved the bickering between these two. It's like it used to be the bickering between Jr. and the King before they became yeah. best mates, and now it's now it's it's a love affair. JR and the King, it's the best buddies, they're brothers. It's the bromance. Yeah, where I used to love it when King used to hate JR and they used to prop up. One was a face, one was a heel. Oh, will you stop? <laughs> Maybe isn't there with Heenan and Monsoon? Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. Because they did, there was a love hate. It's a love hate thing, isn't yeah. it? That's what they always keep trying to recreate. Oh, yeah, definitely. So the match then, uh, Benoit tosses Tajiri to start, but Rhino lays him out and stomps away. Uh, short on clothesline, but Benoit chops back and takes him down with a crossface. Eddie saves though, but then retreats as quickly as he can back out. He's like, straight away, you, this is showing what Eddie is going to be for the next, hopefully, 25, 30 minutes. This needs time mm. for this to, because it should. Apart from Rhino, Tajiri's cool as fuck with yeah. what he does. Do you know what I mean? What we've, the kicks, the, kicks, the, the spray. Yeah, well, what he does. Like, Jericho is the best in the world at what he does. Tajiri is the best at what he does. Cause no, what there is a few that have used the mist and the, the Japanese, but the Japanese buzzsaw, the the nickname itself, proper sums up what Tajiri is. Yes. Do you know what I mean? It's a great. That was one of the greatest nicknames in wrestling. That I've always loved the Japanese buzzsaw. Uh, Rhino is Eddie with a backdrop suplex for two. Eddie comes back in with a tilt wheel head scissors on Rhino that looked really sick because they were like still yeah. moving when he landed it. It was ugh. Yeah, it didn't look great. Uh, Benoit though he chops Rhino only to get forearm down. Eddie then puts Rhino on the floor and goes after Tajiri, but gets kicked and recovers with the lasso from El Paso, which he, he uses more often. Yeah, it's a it's great good. submission. A standing cloverleaf. Right, definitely, it's brilliant. Uh, Rhino, though, he tries to save, but Benoit takes him down with a crossface. I did love how Eddie was staring at Benoit. And his facials. Let him go, let him go, let him go. Brilliant. <laughs> Absolutely, his facials. He's desperately trying to make Tajiri tap. Uh, Tajiri, though, makes the ropes, so Eddie breaks up the crossface, but allows Benoit to take him down with another crossface. <laughs> Eddie with three kicks to the head. I know, yeah. Do you think that's where it starts? Oh, I don't know. Oh, fucking, I won't like to comment. Uh, Rhino hits Tajiri with a spine muster for two. Benoit drops Rhino out of the ring and Tajiri knocks him down with a handspring, but Benoit delivers uh, a couple of rolling Germans to Tajiri as a result. Uh, Tajiri then uses Eddie's interference to reverse into his own bridge German suplex for two, which was quite nice. Beautiful, Jim. Um, Better than Brock. Oh, fucking hell, yeah. Brock just, just throws in air and whatever happens when I let go happens. Uh, very much like Big Papa Dump. Tarantula, and while the ref is busy checking that, Eddie then uses the belt to block the gore, gore, gore. Um, Genius. But absolutely. Tajiri gets rid of him, but Benoit hangs him in the tree of woe and then does the diving headbutt over Tajiri, which is a beautiful spot, onto Rhino for a two count. Uh, Tajiri misses the big kick onto Benoit, they tumble out, and Eddie sneaks in to finish Rhino at around 10 minutes. That felt really short and rushed, and I don't think you saw the best of any of them. Yeah. But Weird match. The fact that this was the best match of the card. 
Yeah, and it was only 10 minutes long. But it was fast-paced. Everyone got the spots in. I think that's Easy. the thing, though, and I think that's what I enjoy about the uh, main event, the chamber, mm. that because there was such a short time between wrestlers leaving the pods, it added to the excitement, and you were constantly expecting something. There were nothing. There were no dragged-out moments. There was very little... Um, just headlocks and sit down rest holds and weights and it was very much in your face it was there was action all the time and that's very much how this match were they fit a 20 minute match into 10 minutes yeah but overall match in general great match. great match as i said match at night for me i agree totally agree um but what can, what can you say eddie and benoit like i said though with eddie they've got to do something with eddie right now like he's so over he's wrestling great matches he's over the crowd they need to ju- Push him and before it dies. Granted, they do. <laughs> but you, they, they, you can see why. Yeah. Eddie is getting so much fan support. So much fan support. To Jerry back into the ring. Measuring Chris Benoit. Heads up, heads up. Kick misses. Benoit yeah. looking to Jerry in all kinds of trouble. Oh, yeah. Powerbomb. Oh, 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 both athletes. Both men over the top rope. the Guerrero pole. Frog splash. Cut X. The cover. Superstars in their prime, leading all the ring for the U.S. Championship. Great match, Eddie Guerrero leads Phoenix with the belt. But the veteran Eddie Guerrero, how smart was he in this matchup? First, he used the championship as a shield, the gore, the shoulder of Rhino into the championship. Then Chris Benoit delivered a headbutt to Rhino. With Benoit to Jerry outside the ring, the veteran Guerrero took advantage. The frog splash to the injured Rhino, Eddie Guerrero. Uh, we see a clip, according to Michael Cole, of the lunatic fringe, Brock Lesnar. Yeah. So we keep trying with these nicknames. They don't really call him the next big thing anymore because he's arrived now. We had the monster and now we've got the lunatic fringe. I wonder where they got that from for Dean Ambrose. Do you reckon ever anyone actually remembered? Do you reckon when they were in, in creative, do you reckon this is how much Vince McMahon is an actual genius? They were like in creative, thinking of a nickname once Dean Ambrose and the Shield split. And he's like, well, they were one we used for... <laughs> Kevin, roll up some footage of 2003. I'm sure we call Brock Lesnar something. The Manster, the Manster, Dean Ambrose, that won't work. Lunatic Fringe. I'm telling you. This is why they had a shit match at Mania. <laughs> it should have been over the Lunatic Fringe. Should have been rise to it. Remember the rise to DX match from like fully loaded 2000 yes. or something. We cut to Sunday Night Heat, where, according to Matt Hardy, Zach the Novelty Act, that was a great line. That's his new name. Can't make uh, the appearance to, to have the match with Hardy, purely because Brock Lesnar fucking killed him. And as we mentioned, it's Kurt Angle, Brock Lesnar WWE title here tonight. But let's take you back to this past Thursday on SmackDown. Brock Lesnar on the lunatic fringe, so to speak. Brock Lesnar, I'm telling you what, I said it on SmackDown, I'll say it again. Damn near looks unstoppable. Look at the, the, the power of these power bombs and Zach Gowan's body as his mother watches this kid get destroyed. Vicious, vicious, violent man is Lesnar. Well, Brock Lesnar promised to break the leg of Zach Gowan. Brock Lesnar broke Zach Gowan's leg in two different places. 
in this heinous, premeditated assault. Look at the, watch the knee of Zach Gallon here. Talk around that post. Goodbye knee. The kid's got one leg and, and, and it just got shattered at the hands of the of Brock Lesnar. And Brock wasn't dunk hole. Yeah, the audacity of Brock Lesnar. They were carting the poor kid out of the arena and Lesnar dumped the stretcher, then carried the stretcher to the ring as some sort of sick trophy to show what Lesnar did to Zach Gowan. Again, Zach Gowan's leg broken in two places. Zach Gowan was supposed to make his SummerSlam debut here tonight in Phoenix. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not happening. Zach Gowan could not compete against Matt Hardy here tonight. But on Sunday Night Heat, what did Matt Hardy do? He humiliated the kid. He came out here, Matt Hardy did, and tried to claim himself the victor. You see, real wrestlers compete whether they're hurt or they're not. But I guess not Zach, the novelty act. God, I hate winning about forfeit, but go ahead and do your thing, ref. Go ahead and make this happen. The winner of this match, the result of a forfeit, Matt Hardy version one. And because of that, Matt Hardy makes the referee declaring the winner via forfeit. So Matt Hardy, who I don't understand why wasn't on the main card, um, as we spoke about, gets victory. Up next, in what should have been the main event or before the main event, because I suppose the chamber does become a little bit bigger than the yeah. world title. But it is the world title. Uh, Smackdown's world title, as it's the rematch that we all wanted, but please be half as good as Mania was, as it's Brock Lesnar, the real Brock Lesnar, going one-on-one -on -one with Kurt Angle. The contest is the triple threat match for the WWE Championship. Kurt Angle has been waiting for this since WrestleMania, the night he lost the title to Brock Lesnar. There was the neck injury, there was surgery, there was the triumphant return Without a doubt, the definitive highlight of my career. There's one person I'd like to personally thank. You know, when I was laid up in the hospital and I didn't know if I was going to wrestle again, there's someone that became a genuine friend. All the concern for me and my family and my health, and most of all, Brock, for earning all my respect. I just want to say one thing. Thank you. It meant to you to come back and win that WWE title. But Kurt, you know how much that WWE title means to me also. So I decided to come out here and challenge you, Kurt, for my WWE title rematch. Okay, you're off. Special guest referee, 
your friend, Kurt Angle. There is the 15-foot-high steel cage. Mr. McMahon, Brock Lesnar, and Kurt Angle is the special guest referee. What is going on? Somebody apparently attacked Brock Lesnar. He's out cold, man. Perhaps Brock Lesnar has a major concussion. Brock Lesnar shot to the midsection. He's going to make quick five, Mr. Here McMahon. we go. It's going to be over. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Brock Lesnar losing his belt. Oh, Brock Lesnar is down and out. Well, Brock Lesnar uh, is, is out cold. But look at Mr. McMahon. Mr. McMahon wants a victory here. Kurt Angle's had it up. Whoa, whoa, the ankle. Whoa. The ankle lock on oh, Mr. McMahon. Lesnar. Lesnar just dipped out. the hell? It was a damn setup. Has Brock Lesnar signed a deal with the devil himself, Mr. McMahon? The one, the only, the real Brock Lesnar. Kurt Angle stopped being my friend when he took the WWE title from me at Vengeance. Brock Lesnar is a sadistic animal. Brock Lesnar is a violent, vicious Animal. Something got into Lesnar. This man, Brock Lesnar, is on a path of rage, and I don't know who the hell's gonna stop it. This isn't about titles. This isn't about winning matches. This is about humiliating. For Kurt Angle, it's about surviving this matchup. Friend or not, I would stop at nothing to regain this WWE Championship. Brock, I will get my revenge. It's the WrestleMania rematch. But this time it's personal! A friendship born out of competition, ripped apart by greed! It's Lesnar, Angle, for the WWE title at SummerSlam! <laughs> well, this should be half as good as Mania. This should be the rematch we've always wanted. This should be at least... <laughs> One of the top two matches these two have. It so wasn't. It was, it was, it was, I'll give it that it was half as good as the Mania match. Because it's still Brock Lesnar versus Angle. Yeah. But this was so more amateur wrestling based and more who's trying to get the upper hand to get that one final it, blow. It was a dick mainstream contest. It was. Uh, but I, is it because the match at Mania was at Mania? And it's remembered yeah. for the shooting star and the win and... Uh, I think so. Is it that it's just, it's been glossed over the fact that the match itself uh, on a, any other show, maybe a, if this match... But it's SummerSlam. It should be a big yeah. match. But it was all going well until fucking Vince got involved. <laughs> but yeah, so the build. Um, since WrestleMania, it's, they've been involved well, in each other. Rumble. Yeah, since the rumble, it's only going way back. But over recent times, we've seen the bromance be destroyed uh, because the real Brock Lesnar is now here and he's siding with Vince McMahon. And I was like, kind of watching the promo video for this, and I was thinking, is this kind of what in Vince's mind that he kind of had for Austin when Austin uh, turned heel? Like the room that he's having, where granted, when Austin turned heel, mm. uh, within five minutes he wasn't really aligned with Vince anymore; he was more aligned with Triple H. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe not, but I don't know. I'm just there's a couple of, just a couple of elements from this where I'm thinking, could have this been like maybe the original idea for Austin, for Vince to be getting involved with the main boy? Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know, just a thought. Then again, it, we did a two-man power trip. We did. I fucking love the two-man power trip, by the way. That was one of the first times ever because I was on maybe only what was it? 
2000, 2001. So I would have been 15, 16. And that was the I first was time 11. I ever really proper sided with the heels. Yeah. Like, I used to love DX, but I fell in love more with the DX once they've already turned face. Like, it, after the night after WrestleMania 14, there was stuff after that where they were more, it was the us against WCW and not us against the McMahons or us against any Sergeant Slaughter or any authority. Um, so, but uh, we digressed a little bit there from uh, Angle and Brock to DX. Um, so coming in then, who was walking away with the title before you'd watched what you've watched? You think Brock won at Mania, so this has got to be Angle retaining. Angle's a face. It's, you usually have at the biggest... One of the big four usually have the face go over. But what if Brock go over and then Angle is chasing Brock for the rest of the year, building toward that a ten match awesome. at the Rumble? Or even a, he, he let's say he loses here, loses again at Survivor Series, and then has one more match on SmackDown where if he loses, he has no more opportunities, and then he enters the Rumble in 04, wins the Rumble, and we have the WrestleMania rematch. At Mania. That would have been amazing. <laughs> so then the match itself, uh, Brock gets a clean break to start, but Kirk takes him down with a face lock. Uh, they reverse each other. Angle takes him down again with a headlock, which procs uh, Brock back to uh, outside to take a breather. It's like straight away, Brock's a bit worried. He's like, hmm, it's going to be quite the amateur affair. Yeah, very amateur yeah. wrestling, map-based uh, Gecko Roman style, this. Very much. Yeah. Uh, we go back to the headlock, and Angle hangs on, but Brock keeps out. Uh, Brock overpowers him into a lockup. Uh, Angle takes him down with a pair of arm drags and Brock bails and throws a tantrum, which is quite funny. Uh, Brock takes the, a walk with the belt, so Angle attacks him and they brawl down the aisle and back to the ringside as Angle sends him into the railing and back in. Uh, Brock, though, he misses the charge and Angle gets the overhead suplex on for two. Uh, Brock comes back with a nice military press, though, right out of the ring. Mm. Uh, Michael Cole uses Lunatic Fringe again to describe Brock Lesnar. Um, like he really is trying to put this over. The thing is, though, what is a lunatic fringe? Is it just an haircut? Because Dean Everett's can't be a lunatic fringe anymore, can he? He's, he's not got hair. Is that literally what it refers to? Hair. Because a fringe is... I don't know. Is it, like, on the edge? Must be. Yeah. So you, you push me one more time and I'm going to fucking explode. I don't fucking know. But anyway, give over Michael because it's not fucking getting over. Uh, Brock gets a backbreaker and stomps away in the corner. Uh, Angle though fights back with Roll for two, but Brock clotheslines him down again. Uh, we get a delayed fisherman suplex, gets a two count, which is quite a nice suplex. Uh, that's More the thing like though. like a shell shot by, from Ryback. Yeah, 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 yeah. Fair Because he yeah. did kind of do the, like, the martial yeah, thing yeah. as well. That's the thing though, with these two guys, they are two tremendous wrestlers. Mm. It's weird calling Brock a tremendous wrestler, but he was back in 2003. He cared. He actually yeah. did care. Um, he, granted, he may probably have never liked wrestling in his life, and he just saw it as something that will make him a lot of money, because that's why he's done the NFL, that's why he's done the UFC, because I could be good at this, and it's going to make me a lot of fucking moolah. Well, he weren't good at NFL, but... <laughs> no, he really wasn't. He tried, though, and it made he him tried, a lot of money. And then he went to wrestle in Japan. Yeah, and that made him a lot of money as well. So he's a, he's a clever businessman, his old Brock. Uh, we get an overhead suplex by Angle, but then Brock blocks an Angle slam with a spine buster that gets a two count. Uh, they seem to be throwing each other around, um, kind of like with no sort of sense of, don't matter once they land and how they land. 
There's a bit. I bet they've both said, "Let's go for it tonight. Let's just rag each other all over. You throw me, I'll throw you. We'll just proper launch each other over throughout the ring." But why would Kurt want that with his neck? Because he's fucking got bollocks on the angle. Yeah. That's the thing. He's just not bothered. Is to be it? fair, Angle has probably got more bollocks than everybody majority of people. Yeah. Um, and they're five by blocks countered by Angle, but they mess up the spot and Angle lamely drops an elbow for two, which was uh, yeah. Uh, it, it always gets me where uh, I prefer them to botch a spot and then just do an elbow drop or a splash or something, then do a botch and then try again. Uh, angle though pulls down the straps and you know he's game on and gets the angle slam, but that only gets a two count. Uh, angle then he puts him back up. <laughs> yeah. He's like, nope, let's try it again. Uh, he gets the ankle lock on, but Brock counters, and the ref gets bumped. Michael Cole needs to stop the chilling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when he's shouting, tap, Brock, tap, tap, Brock, tap. Oh, he's always hated the hills. Always hated the well, hills. until 2011. Yeah, until his Miss Bromance. Angle, he grabs Brock in what appears to be a bit of a rim job, uh, and then thankfully lets go and switches it to the ankle lock. The ref's all still out, and Brock's tapping. But with no ref, and of course Vince McMahon is going to come down to the ring with a chair. Fresh off his holidays again. He's still wearing his flannel shirts. He's got a selection. Um, yeah, he must have like been watching fucking The Rock from back in the day. Because he had a gnarly selection of flannel shirts from back in like 98, 99. Do you think him and King got a double discount? Oh, fucking hell. 100%. Well, they've just raided Rock's wardrobe. I absolutely loved how Vince was like, once the ref come back round, after he'd uh, used the chair, he was acting like he'd not seen a thing. He was just like, look, no, no, nothing to see over here. Nothing to see here. Nothing to see here. I'm just going for a better look. <laughs> yeah. uh, the F5 gets two as a result, uh, which was a beautiful kick out. It was proper, like, at the fucking mm. last second. Um, everyone's shocked, though, apparently. And Vince calls for another one, but Angle takes him down with another ankle lock, which then That's it turns a bit weird. It was a great counter, but for me this turns a bit weird because Brock makes the ropes and Ankle pulls him away. How does that work? It's a break. He got the ropes. And then it happens again and he pulls him back. And then finally gets the victory. Brock taps clean, as we, as we spoke at the start, which is fucking stupid anyway, in 21 minutes and 19. Longest match of the night. So far. Brock's got him up. Trouble! Brock Lesnar has hit all four ropes. Brock 
Because we had Benoit when Angle was champ to begin with. Mm. We've now had... Taker. Hmm. But... I don't want to see... No. No, I don't want to see we, Taker. We get that. We've had Taker Angle. And we get a, a better one in a couple of years' yeah, time. Yeah, definitely. Um, just weird booking. As I said at the start, you're building up Brock as this monster-killing machine. Mm. But yeah, he taps clean. Just didn't make sense. The book made no sense for us. Uh, no, not at all. Um, but as a birthday present to Vince, Angle puts him through a chair. Yeah. yeah and Michael Cole happily says, Happy birthday, Happy birthday Vince. Vince. We get exactly the same promo for the Brock Lesnar DVD, but it's for Shawn Michaels uh, from The Vault, which I, I proudly own. Uh, I don't think I've ever still watched since I bought it. <laughs> it's quite time in the collection. Um, it has bonus commentary from... Kevin Nash. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Well, it's, it's bonus commentary from Nash and Shawn Michaels, but bonus commentary from Kevin Nash. I'm going to watch it we at some point. We need to watch that shit. I'm going to watch it at some point. Uh, we get Goldberg warming up with his so, iPod stuck down his pants. And this, to me, said, 
Right, main event time. Yes, because we've already seen we've seen Jericho warm up, we've seen Nash warm up, we've seen Triple H backstage. We've I thought yes, it's time to go now. But oh no, not yet. Um, we go outside the arena and we see some wacky waving inflatable arm wailing tube men outside the arena. As JR then says that we have an attendance tonight of 16,133. So 20 people have come back in since last time. Um, we see the uh, Arizona Diamondbacks or whatever they were called. Yeah. I don't know if you know what the fuck was it? Basketball were they? The fuck knows. And then we see the finals of the Diva Search winner, Jamie Coppy. Did you get this on the network? Yes, we did. Obviously, we discussed the Diva Search on uh, a couple of episodes ago um, on one of the dirt sheets reported it. There's yeah. been nothing about it on TV. No. I didn't even know it was going I, on. I forgot, I forgot about it. <laughs> I always thought the first Diva Search was Christy Hemi. So did I. <laughs> but apparently, uh, I looked this up online. Uh, she was the only one who did not receive any kind of contract or anything. All she got was a photo shoot for WWE magazine. Oh, is that it? Oh, it's fucking bullshit. Did anyone actually come out of it of any noteworthy or any names? What, in this one? Uh, this one, yeah. No. Well, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Jamie Copey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, quite funny way, Jerry goes, look at that babe. That's a smile that I'd like to wake up to. And JR goes, have you got a number, a fax, an email? Fucking JR, JR knows. King's a stalker. He will get you. If he wants you, he'll get you. Um, we basically see the same exact promo as earlier. To hype the next match of Kane and RVD. Yep. Only and apart from is, uh, no holes bar. Yet again. So this to me said, Shano's coming out. Yes. But does he? And <laughs> <laughs> um, Kane, JR says that Kane's career deserves to go down in a burning misery. It's a bit harsh. All he's done over the years, and just because he set your stunt double on fire, he was a lot thinner than me. You've got a vendetta against him now. Ladies and gentlemen, we are moments away from Rob Van Dam versus Kane, and I guess you could look at it like it's David versus Goliath's bigger, psychotic brother yeah. when describing Kane. I'm going to tell you something. This Kane, as of late, has been, well, he's been sick. I mean, Jerry, you know what he did to you. He's capable of anything. And it all started, ladies and gentlemen, with the unmasking of the big red machine. But how 
false arrest does not prevent Kane from coming to work. Therefore, Kane will come here and compete with Rob Van Dam. Get out! Get out! Oh, no! God! I tried to warn you! So up next, Tag Team Dissension once again. We've uh, had this match. <laughs> Kane and, uh, Ryan, We've had the payoff. Kane and Rob Van Dam. Uh, yeah, build up. It's just been involved in... We saw We've it had the payoff. I know, twice. Twice, they made up. The thing is though, we spoke about it before, where they, Kane, when he unmasked, he attacked Rob Van Dam. Rob Van Dam forgave him, but then he wouldn't fight him, and then fought, started fighting him and started attacking him. It's just, Why? All the wrestlers that we mentioned earlier that aren't on the show, and we watched the match that we've seen on Raw. I don't I'm know. I'm swap this for fucking SmackDown tag titles. hundred percent. I still don't understand why they're not on the card. Could you have had a fatal four-way for tag titles? Ebony and Ivory, APA, Bashams, Jamie's got a gun. hundred percent. There you go. And then you get Toy Wilson and Nidhi on pay as well. There you go, see? Even though they're, they're pushing the... Vince, hire me to book your shows. <laughs> uh, but You'll com- be able to afford Pyro again. Um, coming in, though, there should be only be one winner, though, shouldn't there? Kane should... If, yeah. Kane, if Kane doesn't win this, it's over, isn't it? It really is. It's over in this weird upper-mid-card spot that he's got going on at the minute. I don't understand how he's not in the main event. He's been unmasked and suddenly gone in... He's been unmasked. He should have Nash's spot in They're the cage chamber. They're pushing the character more than they've ever have since he's been unmasked. He's in the biggest spot he's ever had. He was literally featured in so many different segments. He on should the be the monster heel in the chamber. It's fucking stupid. Absolutely stupid. 
Nothing on this fucking card makes sense. No, not at all. Uh, so the match itself, uh, they brawl out and Rob moonsaults uh, onto Kane off the railing. Uh, Kane sends him into the post, finds a ladder under the ring. Um, why would we need a ladder? I don't why understand. is it matching his outfit? <laughs> I know, yeah. Black with bits of red on it. <laughs> yeah. uh, it only takes forever to bring it in, which allows Rob to uh, uh, seesaw it into his face, which is quite a decent spot, to be fair. Uh, Rob gets a missile drop kick as JR notes that Kane may think he's at Home Depot. How about they always used to mention Home Depot uh, when any weapons or toys yeah. were brought in under the ring? It's like, I want to see two wrestlers have a match at, at Home, Home Depot. Depot. Yeah, I think brilliant. it might have been done before. Yeah? I'd be surprised. <laughs> probably CCW. Sometimes. Yeah, probably. Uh, they brawl out again and Rob gets tossed around, allowing Kane to do some exterior decorating with the stairs. Uh, back in, Rob kicks him into the corner and flips around some more. Kane tosses him and Rob takes his standard bump into the railing. Uh, typical Rob Van Dam. I always yeah. keep saying it's 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 very repetitive. You you know what's this coming next. Is generic Van Dam. Oh, very much so. Very much so. A charge misses by Kane and Rob flips around some more, but gets tossed again and takes the same bump into the railing. Uh, Kane follows up with a flying clothesline, uh, but on the first try slips and nearly breaks his fucking neck. Uh, and then obviously breaks the rule again, uh, as the, it happened earlier with Angle and Brock, and goes to do the spot once more. But this time misses, uh, and Rob comes back with a ladder. Kane DDTs him on the floor, however, and Kane charges with the stairs and gets tripped up. Uh, Van Damme guillotines him onto the railing and grabs a chair, falls him back into the ring with a spin kick, uh, rolling Thunder onto a chair, but Kane sits up, which was quite good. It was yeah. like this brilliant moment where he just sat straight up and when he landed onto a chair. Uh, dropkick with the chair sets up the Van Terminator, but Kane apparently moves. I'm not quite sure because the camera angle was fucking atrocious. It's like it hits him as he moves. Yeah, it was really, really bad. Uh, Kane, though, hits the tombstone onto Van Damme on the stairs to finish in around 13 minutes. Uh, another short-ish match. It really has been a night of short matches. Unneeded match. Uh, uh, what does this... All this does is just... It's going to set up Shane versus Kane. Which is why Shane should have interfered in the match. Yeah, still have Kane win, but have Shane interfere. They should have had interaction at some point. Mm. They should have had some interaction to push on the storyline. Here's hoping tomorrow night at Raw, we're going to get some form of interaction. Do you know what I mean? Fingers crossed. I don't think that, I don't think that scored. Air Kane moaning and, and breathing up sadistic sounds out of his hideous mouth. And that hot, stinking breath. Oh no. Oh my God. Don't have to save me. God Almighty. The Tombstone Pile Driver right on the steps. Van Dam is motionless. King may have broken Van Dam's neck. Oh God. Oh God. This is, this is hideous. Van Dam has done all he could to survive here. But a human being can't survive this, and it's over. Good God Almighty! Here is your winner, Keith. Rock Van Dam brought everything he could, every fiber of his being, his heart, and his soul was left in this match. But on this night, it was the night of the Big Red Monster. I'm afraid, JR, it looks like it's always the night of the big red monster. My God, let's take another look. RVD tried everything. Bam! Right in the face, right in the temple. 
This one, let's check this out. I said, yes, yeah, see? That would have finished off the monster, possibly, but Kane was able to move out of the way, and then he, he unfortunately hit that tombstone on the steel stairs. Wow. Kane's career deserves to go down in a burning misery. And by God, my hat's off to Rob Van Dam. SummerSlam, one more match to go. <laughs> we go backstage and Terry's interviewing a smashed up Bischoff and then she leaves to walk into Linda McMahon who then enters Bischoff's room. Boom! Go on, Linda! Boom! I like how she slapped him though on the side that he had the ice. How are you feeling after that brutal match with Shane? How the hell does it look like I'm feeling? I just wait, 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 what are you, stupid? Or blonde? Or both? Just get the hell out of here, will you? Uh, Linda, uh, Mrs. McMahon, I, 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 I didn't expect to see you here. I, 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 I really didn't. I, I would have. Uh, I, I hope. I, I, I'm not sure what you're thinking right now. Oh! Oh! Um, and then we cut to Triple H admiring his baby. He's just staring at the belt. And Ric Flair comes in with a great line. I've, you ain't losing tonight. You're taking it out to show it off to the people and then you're going to be bringing it back again. It's a brilliant line. Um, Flair's just golden. Oh, he's in it. He should be out there wrestling though. He's not a manager. I don't understand. He should be in the chamber. Fuck. I'd swap him for Orton. I really would. I've Orton on the outside. Yeah. I've Orton as the guy. Yeah, then you wouldn't have uh, Flay hold himself up against the railing with his feet pushed against... I know, that was a funny-ass <laughs> spot, that was. Just telling Goldberg to fuck off. Well, King, there you see it, and time is here. It weighs ten tons, ladies and gentlemen. The Elimination Chamber. You know, there's going to be one winner, but I got a feeling over the long haul there may not be any survivors of the six brave men that are going to step inside this structure. Well, you saw and we all heard that, uh, I guess, last minute. I don't know if that was actually a pep talk that, that Nature was giving to Tri Triple H. It was pretty solemn. It was very serious. I think Triple H is in a world of trouble tonight, JR. Mathematically speaking, Triple H has got to go into this matchup as an underdog. It is the Elimination Chamber. There's only been one. That was last November at the Survivor Series. One of these six men will leave here tonight as the world's heavyweight champion. Well, the last time Triple H, this is what he's got to be thinking, the last time Triple H was in one of these Elimination Chamber matches, he not only lost his world championship, he almost lost his career, JR. The Elimination Chamber.
So with 36 minutes to go in our pay-per-view, it's time for the main event. With entrances that took about 15 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Um, you see, we cut to the guy holding the Swedish flag again. I can't believe you didn't notice this. Um, Randy, he's out to Evolution's theme first. Uh, and then we get Big Blondie, um, which is his third SummerSlam appearance. Yes, I heard that as well. Name the other two? Uh, 95, 94. 94, 95. Once against... Uh, Razor Ramon. Yep. And once against Mabel. <laughs> King of the Ring 95 winning Mabel. Uh, SummerSlam 95. Fucking oh atrocious. Mabel. Uh, commentators even mentioned that he was WWE champ in 94 for almost a year. And what a year that wasn't. I, I'm sure I heard JR say that he's not held uh, the title since, but they're forgetting WCW. Yeah. Then again, it's WCW. <laughs> That don't matter because it's actually... Exactly, it happened down there. It doesn't matter. Forget about that. We bought it, but forget about it. Uh, the champ is out next. Um, hello, grown injury pants. I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of like him. He looks... I like him, but 
The fact that he's only got a pattern where he's normal yeah. flip stuff. Yeah, but I used to like Triple H's gear long... back in DX, yeah, with yeah. different coloured gear. Like, I think it was the white ones that he used to wear when he turned heel. No, the silver ones he had yeah. when he turned heel and joined the corporation. Like, oh, brilliant. White on outside. Yeah, yeah, outside. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we get old uh, Big Bill Slippery Dippery Doo. I'd have had Goldberg out. start the match. Um, was his network, uh, was his slip deleted from the network? No, oh, in all its glory for all to watch. Oh, when but, when he's returned. I would have had him start the match. No, no, I, I'm 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 down with how they did it. Yeah, I I agree with having him in, him coming in last and then just destroying people. But I, I do agree with had, that as well. But I would have had the match itself before Bill last ten minutes longer, mm. so everyone could get more of their spots in before Bill came in and destroyed everybody. I I do agree with it, but I would have liked to see. For example, Jerry and Goldberg first, then and then just Michaels, keep smashing through them all. Then yeah. Nash. Then yeah, all. But, I don't. Yeah. Or or and then Nash. I don't know if that would have annoyed me. I don't know if that would have annoyed me. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know if that would have been oh fucking hell. This is the proper booking Goldberg. How this would have been a WCW pay per view where they would have booked him to go through thirty men. Can you remember Kevin Nash when they had the fucking New Blood Gauntlet? Uh, back in like 2000, where he wasn't yeah. even pinning people, he was just powerbombing them, and ref was just counting them down. It would have been something like that. Um, so obviously we're going to get Y2J and Shawn Michaels to start. Did you uh, catch uh, what JR said about Jericho? He's the only Canadian in this match. He was the only Canadian yeah, I got in the that. first one. Yeah, I got that. And I don't until, know why was, But why is it such a big deal? <laughs> until the one that's got Jericho, as you Benoit, he's the only Canadian that's going to be in it. Yeah, I don't understand why it matters. Um, what did you reckon to Michael's tights? Old school. They were nice, weren't they? Yeah. They were the zipper pattern. But yeah, I, I quite liked them. It was very it reminded me of very ninety five, ninety six yeah. Shawn Michaels. Uh, JL mentions um, like we spoke about earlier. The only time a title has changed hands in this arena is during halftime heat, uh, which was the weird uh, mankind against Rock match in an empty stadium where he pins him on a forklift. Yeah. Uh, very. But you, the- Camera comes down with the forklift. <laughs> yeah, you good. see the rock's reaction and he's oh, wailing cool his arms. Shit. And he's got ah! all the to wail his arms, yeah. but he's not got enough energy to roll. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was. Um, I remember watching that thinking the rock was actually dead. <laughs> um, they don't even better. They don't even bother to explain the rules this time, which is pretty sad. If you notice, there, there was no yeah. graphic. There was no rules. I mean this. Still do that to this day, saying that the only way to win this match is to eliminate all your other. Like this, minutes. and then after a certain time limit, your pod will open. There were none of that, as it shows, because the pods were opening at random times. It was two minutes. Uh, it I don't, was... Sometimes it wasn't even a minute. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was random times the pod were opening. So let's begin. Uh, Sean he elbows out of a hammerlock to start. Jericho rolls up, rolls through with a crossbody for two. Sean no backslides in for another two count. They work off a headlock and into a pinball reversal sequence. Uh, Sean tries a sunset flip, blocked by Jericho for two, reversed by Michaels for two. Very much the start of a Jericho-Michaels match. Yeah. It was Again, I'm with this. I know I can get your idea of having Goldberg smash through, but I think to start with two, these are the perfect two to get people hyped up. Yeah, definitely. I like the noise that the chains make with the great outside when people land on them. Yeah. It makes a very good noise. I, I kind of like the new chamber in a weird way. I think it's it safer. really looks cool. Yeah, but it looks safer, but it looks still like it could hurt. Yeah. But 
No, nothing beats this beautiful fucking monstrosity of a fucking cage. But I like the shape of it because it works so well for Madison Square Garden because it's the same shape as yes, the arena 100%, itself. 100%. 100%. Uh, Jericho hits a bulldog onto Sean uh, but misses the line salt and recovers with a clothesline. You can see why he stops doing it as well. Yeah. How he lands on his feet. That's murder. He's got to on the knees. It's got you. You could be popping the knee within a second off that. Uh, and our next competitor out. The timer stops, which only seems like a couple of minutes. This one did feel like a couple of minutes. The first one, uh, Randy Orton. So we go instantly, like most chamber matches that we know in the modern day. If we've got a heel and a face in the ring, the first one out is always the heel. Yep. Oh, we've got to get the crowd pumped to get the crowd into it. He gets chopped down, though, uh, by Jericho. Um, Orton takes him down with a net break for two. Jericho with an enziguri on Sean for two. Uh, Orton drop kicks him down and stomps away. St sets up for the RKO, though, in a really slow fashion. It was like a modified bulldog. Yeah. Uh, he gets back dropped, though, out, and Jericho stomps away, and it makes a beautiful sound when he hears that steal. Uh, JR notes that with flesh on steel, steel wins. Uh, Obs. <laughs> I can't see flesh coming out because, granted, I firmly believe that the chain link round is plastic coated. Mm. I firmly believe that, but they're still great. It's still great. Yeah. It's going to stink. It's going to stink. Jericho gets the walls onto Sean as Big Blondie is next in and he slugs everyone down. Uh, Jericho then speared into the cage. Um, Did you catch what Jericho says? Throw me back in. I need to blade. <laughs> <laughs> and it was quite the blade job. There was, there was an impressive blood going on in this match, to be fair. Um, JR says Nash is a seven-foot street fighter with a mean streak and a pair of fucked-up legs. <laughs> um, he grinds the fuck out of Jericho onto the... Uh, it, it, I love what I like about... This is when he says it. Yeah, what I like about how the, um, the chain link is, that you can really push your face into it so you, you've got bits of skin that are coming through the holes in the chamber. It looks really cool. And then JR says that this match... It's a series of head-on car crashes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's not that grim yet. <laughs> um, we get a side slam on Orton. That gets a two count. A short on clothesline on Sean gets another two count. A big boot from Nash to Jericho sets up a jackknife. But Sean super kicks him for the pin in around eight minutes. Tag team dissension. The two dudes of attitude. Tag got, team uh, dissension. Main event, next pay-per-view. Nash versus Shawn Michaels. Nope. But... <laughs> <laughs> Big Kev though throws the tantrum of all tantrums and power bombs everyone to keep his non-existent heat. Everyone apart from Michaels. Because it's his boy. But he super kicks him. Receipt. It's his boy. Where's the receipt? Next in. Time to play the groin. As Triple H kind of sort of comes in and Shawn Michaels hits the most powerful switching music he has ever spot. hit on his life. You think that one he put Janetti through, the, the window was bad. This is bad. This is bad because Triple H doesn't move for 10 minutes. 10 minutes. It doesn't move. Driven the last chamber where you could, they could pin people outside. Of the no, rules are rules are rules. Why did Michael just pin Triple H? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, everyone's dead and buried from the awesome power of the jackknives, but they managed to crawl back to life and slug it out. And Goldberg is the last man in, and he starts to fucking kill everyone, which gets him over. Like he's proper he, game he, he, over he was in ready the crowd. To jump out of his I'm telling you. For the countdown, we get a press spinebuster onto Orton, but Jericho and Michaels try a double team, but get clotheslined. Spear for Orton gets rid of him at 13 minutes. 
Jericho tries to uh, hit a missile dropkick, gets a two, which was a lovely dropkick, to be mm. fair. Uh, but Goldberg presses him into the cage. Uh, Sean gets in Goldberg's face and gets whipped into the corner for his troubles. Uh, Goldberg then has to deal with Jericho, spearing him through the mini chamber. A bit, not very cleanly. That was, you know... A bit rough. Was, uh, yeah, that was a bit of... A bit of uh, that fat yeah. backstage. Can you remember? Uh, the, the, we always said the basis of the feud they, they had uh, the last couple of months. Um, was about that. So I imagine there is still animosity there a little cool. bit. And it, Jericho being Goldberg backstage. Yeah, and if it, any given opportunity where he can cause some damage like that, there you go. Uh, but it was a nasty little bump. It made a beautiful noise when he went through the perspex, though. It was beautiful. Uh, Sean, though, tries to make a comeback, dropping an elbow and prepping for a super kick. But the stomping only gives away his position and the spear of Jack Hammett sends him back to, to uh, meet Jesus <laughs> around 12 and a half minutes. Uh, Jericho is dead and buried already, so spearing the jackhammer are academic around 16 minutes. Uh, Triple H though starts to hide in his chamber as Flair goes nuts trying to keep the door closed. It's absolutely beautiful. And then Goldberg beautiful. pretends that it's uh, NWO's limo. Uh, really, does he never like get the message that punching glass is probably not like don't punch and kick glass? It could be pretend. He shatters it. He shreds his. He smashes his way through it. I'm telling you now, he will never fucking learn. Um, fair play on Triple H for taking the bumps that he did. Mm. Uh, he did to our thought he just instantly take him into the ring, set up for the spear. But he did. He took a couple of bumps before, which leads to obviously Triple H on the sly getting the sledgehammer. See, this is why it's called slit Rick. <laughs> you do not see that sledgehammer. You don't. Absolutely. Until you see it from a different camera angle. Until you see you Triple H holding it. it. Yeah. It's brilliant. Flair's a fucking wizard. <laughs> and as we said right at the start. The ultimate power play in backstage politics. Your winner, and still in 19 minutes and 15 seconds, world champion, the game. Well done, Alan. Oh my God. Wait a minute, what is Flair doing? What is... 
the hell is Flair doing here? Are they got handcuffs or what are they doing? Flair hammering away at Goldberg, and Goldberg is a bloody mess. Bill Goldberg is being gotten quartered. Goldberg being physically they dissected. They, they do have handcuffs. Well, I'll be damned. I'll be damned. Evolution making it pretty damn clear that they never want to see Bill Goldberg in the WWE again, if you ask me. But they're not stopped. None of us are going to see Bill Goldberg again. Good God Almighty. Oh, no. Enough is enough. That's so much sledgehammer. Oh. Triple H scrambling the brains of Goldberg. Is it enough enough? You never see this. You understand me, Goldberg? You will never see this. Never. Yo. This is just absolutely repulsive. This is hideous. Goldberg had the world title within a within his grasp. But it was snatched away from him by Evolution. Evolution's gonna pay for this. I gotta believe God God Goldberg. Is a there it is. You see it right there. So valuable. It is way Goldberg didn't see it. But by God, he felt it. This is cruel and obscene punishment. Bill Goldberg helplessly handcuffed to the Elimination Chamber. He is a bloody mess. And on this night, on Sunday, August 24, at SummerSlam, Triple H, with the help of Evolution and a sledgehammer retains the heavyweight championship of the world. My God, Goldberg has been gut and ordered. There will be some serious hell to pay. Triple H is still the champion. I get why. How can you defend him? <laughs> like, I try my best. It's like. It's been fun watching him. It was upsetting watching him lose to Booker T. Uh, lose to Booker T, if only. It was upsetting him beat Booker T. Right? But everybody else, it's been hilarious watching him destroy Scott Steiner and stuff. It's been brilliant. Uh, the, I remember back in the day that people were kicking off and everyone kicks off now about Triple H with his fucking trusty old shovel. But fuck me. I sort of get why. My thing is they wanted Goldberg this could be punishment for Goldberg not wanting to go on the Australian tour. Yes. Thus making him wait for Unforgiven. Yes. I'd, I'd be down with that. That is my theory on this. Because obviously the thought process in their minds at the minute... Go, so Vince said, I want you to go to as star power. Well, you're 100%. And Goldberg said no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We know this, we discussed yeah. on the last episode. This Maybe... Is, this is Goldberg's receipt for that. Maybe it's just it's they're hoping that it'll be a ratings booster for the next B show. So like the ratings for Bad Blood were quite high because of Foley effects, or maybe he wants the next Raw pay per view, which is unforgiven. Which is unforgiven. Which is to have. Wins. Yeah, because obviously they're gonna they're gonna know they now that they want to put the belt on Goldberg. I think originally it was for Goldberg to go over in a singles match. Yeah, well, it was going to be, 100%. I think it's just the fact that got, uh, Triple H's groin is not strong enough and maybe in a month's time it, it is strong be. enough. So, that was SummerSlam. That's the second SummerSlam we've done. Shittest uh, one we've done so far. I think SummerSlam 02 pisses all over this. Um, but, as always, Michael, 
Uh, as always, we do on these pay-per-view extravaganzas. Match of the night, worst match of the night, and if Summer Slam 03 was a wrestler from the Rufus Aggression, who would he be? Ooh. Match of the night, US title. Easy. Agreed. Worst match at night. I think I'm going to stick with Smackdown here. Probably do a takeaway train. Agreed. And if it was a wrestler? Uh, probably Rosie. Because it was shit. Ooh. Uh, I'd say... I know I've made that joke on this hey, It doesn't before, matter. We can use it again. <laughs> we can use it again. Um, I'd say if this was a wrestler from the Ruthless Aggression era and go with two guys La Resistance the look of them chisel physiques they should be good but they're not shoulda woulda yeah. coulda and on that note if you want to let everyone know where they can find us on all forms of social media if they don't do already well, if you don't why don't you <laughs> Facebook Instagram or Twitter at RAO Podcast that is the one and until next time, where we, I don't know how to describe walking towards a pay-per-view beginning with the letter U, but as we build towards our next pay-per-view extravaganza, which will be Unforgiven 2003. We undertake a travel. We oh, we undertake our way to Unforgiven. There you fucking go. As always, thank you very much for taking your time out to listen to us. I've been Dave, that's been Mike. Until episode 31, peace, peace out, out, people. people. Ruthless. Sweating my blood too. I'm ready to smell spear. I smell a lot. My competitors flex here. They smoked. I was hot. I want it all. Excess. The sex. And what's success? Stress us. I want it all. No less.